0: you mm-hmm.
1: Welcome to episode 191 of the sleeper and the bust and we're back folks I am Paul Spore once again joined by Jason Collette Jason how are you sir?
0: Dude, i'm still dying from the intro when you said it to me earlier today i was laughing so hard my kids came running downstairs wanted to know what was so funny
1: i am not gonna lie i'm extremely proud of it I, I, I really am so i i hope everyone else gets gets the same enjoyment uh from that for those of you that don't know jason and i have done multiple podcasts in the past um our own you know and then the rotowire one and now every sunday here on the sleeper and the bust. So, uh, hopefully y'all, uh, found some, found some joy in that intro, but we got to dive in because we got some light news, but we're going to dive into the full NL East here. And if you thought that was funny, if you thought the intro was funny, Jason, wait until we talk about the Atlanta Braves offense,
0: <laughs> but first
1: the never ending James Shields watch apparently talks are heating up with San Diego, they're the front runner. They're the favorite. Uh, it seems all but a lock at this point. What's your read on it right now?
0: They should go for it, man. They've had they've had the killer offseason. Go ahead and go to the next step. Shields is a Southern cowboy. Uh, you know, pitching in that ballpark would be ideal Perfect. for him. You've you've heard some other things, but that would be ideal for him to pitch there. Uh, as a huge James Shields fan, I would love to see it. Hope it happens. I just feel bad that you know here we are about a week and a half until pitchers and catches report, and dude still doesn't know where he's. Yeah, from. exactly.
1: And it, it seems unfair because um, we we share that that fandom, and uh, obviously my fandom was influenced by your you know alerting me to him years ago when the day when they were the Devil Rays and he was Jamie. You were talking about this guy, so uh, I've been on that bandwagon uh, f- for the duration pretty much there. I'm so bummed out that this guy couldn't couldn't get you know, hasn't been able to kind of find the market that I thought maybe he would. And MLB network's been covering it really well and I think a lot of the guys hitting on Uh, The thing that's made him so good is the thing that's hurting him now the durability the fact that he has what eight years in a row of 200 plus innings That's now being used against him and it's like wow Tough life, you know that 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 is really tough and I get it. I mean, I definitely get it He's 30 gonna be 33. Uh, The miles will catch up. They always do but he was still very good last year. And I I think that October might be over influencing the market because the Padres go do go out and get this guy. He's still going to be a very solid asset. And from fantasy standpoint, he takes a boost.
0: Here's the other thing. I mean, I wonder how much of this plays off of what happened with Verlander last year. If Verlander doesn't do what he did last year, are people. So still so tepid about the signing shields. So to me, it's just frustrating. The guy sold his first two years of free agency off in the deal back in 2008, You know, made $26 million over the last two years. So if he signs a four, you know, if he goes 480, it still ends up being a 6106. Not bad for a 16th round draft no, not choice. Not going but for fantasy purposes. I want him in San. I want him in San Diego. That would be perfect. I for do him.
1: too. Even with that outfield defense, because you know he has a ground ball leaning guy. Uh, 1.25 ground ball to fly ball ratio for his career. Uh, never below 40% on the ground ball rate. As high as 52% too. So maybe he gets back to that kind of really elite level uh, to kind of avoid. You know, uh, former teammate Will Myers running it down in center field with Upton and and, and Kemp flanking him. So I, I hope that th- that deal does get done. I love what the Padres have been doing. And that that AL, uh, excuse me, that NL West could be amazing. So hopefully that gets done sooner than later. Uh, let's stay out west here. The Oakland A's beat Jared Parker in arbitration and you and I are already making the wise cracks there about how they probably just slid across his injury history you said the bill for his last Tommy John and said listen this is what we're going to pay you back off it's unfortunate cuz i actually love Jared Parker i think he's uh, had a chance mm-hmm. to be a really really good pitcher but now i'm dubious you know the 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 second Tommy John there's just not a lot of history that says the double Tommy John guy has a chance at becoming you know, all that much. So we're dealing with a 26 year old. How are you valuing him coming into this year?
0: I don't want any part of him after two, after seeing what happened in the last couple of years with those guys with Lube key and such, I'm not valuing him. He's not going to be a guy unless unless he's still hanging around the reserve roster. I'll grab him, but I'll let somebody else deal with. The Agreed.
1: Risk. And and it, it it pains me to say that because he was one of one of my go-to guys last year that I really wanted to get, and then all of a sudden he and AJ Griffin uh, were dumped on the same day they they went they underwent uh, or, or they were diagnosed with uh, needing Tommy John. Griffin's a guy I will go back to the well, and he only had his first. Uh, Tommy John here. So in deep leagues reserve roster, I'll take a shot on a guy like that, but Parker, it's gotta be a wait and see. And I really hope he gets back, but it won't be on my roster. Mm-hmm. All right, and then the the Reds are now looking at Diane Vissiedo, and that's actually one of the few places that he can actually improve his home run park factor. It goes from 119 to 128 if he if he does sign on with the Reds. Seemingly, uh, the, the Reds have needed a, a an outfielder, a second outfielder to kind of go with whomever they had in center, which was Shinsu Shin Chu, then Billy Hamilton and Jay Bruce. They've needed a left fielder now for several years. Marlon Bird is there, so it's not like Vissiedo would come in and be the starter. But as, as a short-side platoon guy, um, I think his best value this year from a fantasy angle is going to be in DFS, daily fantasy stuff. When they are facing lefty and particularly at home, right. um, he's going to be a low-dollar guy that I'm going to probably slot in every time. But uh, this deal isn't done, but if it happens, it, it could be a nice little boost uh, for him, even though there's not a ton of fantasy value there.
0: Yeah, I mean, there were Philly uh, is really the only two places I want to touch him. I mean, he still has value hitting lefties, although it really tanked off last year. But look at the larger sample size; he still hit lefties well. So, in a deeper NL league, if he ends up in one of those two parks, I'm, I'm interested. I also heard uh, the Diamondbacks a couple of days ago were possibly interested.
1: Another, another good um, homer park.
0: Just, yeah, just get him to one of those parks, and I'm 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 intrigued as a as a fifth outfielder. But he, I mean, it's it's. We'll get into this with Johnny Gomes. More at bats is not a good thing for BCA. No, BCF. no.
1: So and and, it, and with Cincy, it doesn't look like th- that he would be overexposed. Obviously, unless some sort of injury struck and he had to go out there in the left field uh, on a more permanent basis. But their outfield's kind of set. So yeah, as a fourth, fifth outfielder type, mostly against lefties, it can work. Uh, and then the last bit of news before we dive into that NL East. Toronto uh, closer role is kind of undecided right now. I think Alex Anthopoulos. It was at a fan fest or something like that Discussed how it's gonna be Brett Cecil versus Aaron Sanchez. So to speak Uh, I don't know if he flat-out said that That there's more of a reading the tea leaves where hey We got guys in the ninth. We're we're not really worried about that part of the bullpen We're worried about kind of getting to them uh, If anything who I just took Brett Cecil in our MLB uh, fantasy 411 mock draft I'm, I'm gonna bet on him and it's not because I have anything against Aaron Sanchez. I actually love Sanchez I just don't think that they're necessarily gonna slot him into that closers role because they do still have him as a starter in the future that, that, That's gonna happen. I don't think this is a, a fringe case like a Trevor Rosenthal or a Neftali Feliz I think this is something where if he's in the bullpen this year It could even be like a Chris Medlin thing where he's in the bullpen for half the year Something happens to one of their guys and he comes he's the first guy to bump right up and become a starter So I think he'd be best used in the sixth to eighth inning as a guy who does the multiple inning thing Often and they could get a lot of value out of him So that's just what I think and even though Cecil is the lefty and there is kind of a lefty bias against closers I think he kind of deserves the job and and obviously now I'm hoping he wins it because I just took him in that league
0: I mean here's the thing when you look at Sanchez does do you have durability concerns with him? No. Are there secondary and tertiary pitch concerns with him? Not as much as there are command concerns. Mm-hmm. And Cecil, you know, he was a closer in college. They tried to push him out of that. They've put him back to it. To me, I think this it plays out much like Tampa Bay where McGee gets the job and Boxberger is the is the longer relief guy in front of him to get get the ball to him. I just once you start Sanchez down this road, it's really tough to reverse it at this exactly. age. Exactly. This is where you're building up the muscle memory, the the durability, the strength and all that. And putting him in the bullpens, not doing him any long-term. And that, papers.
1: you know, I mentioned a Neftali Feliz, and that's obviously how how wrong it can go. You know, the Chapman back and forth every year, every year, and then they realize, no, this is just where he's going to have the best value. So, I think from their standpoint, it would just be smart if you want to have Sanchez in the bullpen, fine, but give him longer outings, let him be a guy who you know can really bridge that gap from your starter to Cecil, and they got a real chance there. That offense is dynamic. Uh, the Jays are going to make some noise. So uh, that's it the news is light but that's gonna allow us to cover a, a, a full division today And we're gonna start with Atlanta and we're gonna kind of do it the same way that you know and I were covering the, the AL East we're gonna talk about a favorite hitter that we have at their current cost favorite pitcher and then a couple of questions for each club so I'll let you start because mainly because I don't want to have to pick one and I'm already gonna ban Freddie Freeman you can't pick Freddie Freeman who is your favorite hitter at cost on the Atlanta Braves
0: Here, you know what? B.J. Upton, his his ADP is 312 right now. Okay. You know, if you're talking about he still can steal bases. Yes, he only gets on base once a week. (laughs) But he can still run. He can still run. If you're speculating on late speed, if his ADP is in the 300s, I'll take that. I'm I'm not going in 200s. But really, when you look at the rest of that lineup... What else are you going to do besides, you know, you take Freeman away from me? I'm looking for any upside. Upton's the only guy because he's going to hit second in that lineup. Yeah,
1: he, he went 12-20 and 20 last year, like you said. Se- second in the lineup. It, it's it's still a benefit to be hitting second, even in a crappy lineup. It's going to get you the plate appearances. I mean, I used to love this guy, so his demise really kind of stung me. I'm sure it stung you as a, as a raised diehard, of course. Yeah. Um, i just i loved his game and i thought he was so good and i thought he had a chance to become a superstar it never panned out and in fact it went completely sideways here in atlanta which nobody saw coming uh you know nobody saw it coming this bad there were some people who didn't like the deal but i loved it i thought getting pairing him with his brother was going to be amazing etc etc it didn't work out uh, for me um, i guess again banning freeman it's i'm going to say Angelton simmons only because shortstop is so bad uh you know once you kind of get past that first year and i would take a shot on him there was some buzz about him last year because he had that power in 2013 but he really didn't capitalize on it last year he had some trouble um eno had mentioned he was doing some study and andrew to Simmons kind of come out comes out pretty well as somebody who has some growth potential still so i don't love it i'm not suggesting that he's going to get right back to that 17 homers uh right away but He is still just 25 and the thing about him I I did this last year I compare him to a Yadier Molina in that Molina was garbage hitter for what the first six years of his career, but he was so good defensively that the playing time was guaranteed and you got you kind of get to learn on the job there by just continually getting the at-bats You're never a threat to lose the job and then all of a sudden hey if you if you're adept at learning here You can learn how to hit and look what Molina has morphed into And I'm not saying that that's going to be the transition for Simmons, but I could see that sort of path so if I got to pick someone again, non-Freeman division, I'll take the 17th, 18th uh, shortstop off the board at around pick 280 uh, with Angelton Simmons. All right. All right, let's let's jump into the pitchers. At least these are a lot more friendly here. Um, the rotation has several options, and of course the the closer as well. So who do you like best with regards to their pitching? You
0: know, with the pitching thing, it's gonna kind of go to the other point you want to talk about. I like Mike Minor as a bounce okay. back. I mean, his ADP right now is 258. I, I you know, I, I maybe that scar tissue in an unmentionable place was a problem for him last year. But you know, you look at you look at the previous two seasons, and then you see what happened to him last year, and the gains he made, he gave back. It was just an irregular season for him. Um, And I'm interested in him as a rebound candidate uh, Because that answers the other point you wanted to discuss but I like this guy a lot going into last year It didn't work out, but I think at the price he's going at I'll take him if he's outside of the top two Yeah, he was
1: a disappointment last year and 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 he kind of speaks to the point of Maybe you have to adjust expectations when a guy's gonna deal with some injury It wasn't just the unmentionable injury that we talked about what he had to have a shoulder that cost him April You know when when these guys Have the time that they're gonna miss. I I think there is a a bit of a blind spot where where folks don't necessarily Make the 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 declines in value that they should Matt Latos was another and I'll I'll admit the blind spot there We we what he had two different injuries in the preseason He missed most of April and I was still saying no, no, he's gonna be fine Uh, You know, maybe I was just optimistic because I wanted him to be so um, I hear you on minor I'm still a little skeptical because of his his home run issues, but I am willing to give him something of a pass for last year And it's not like the skills cratered. You're still talking about a two seven strikeout to walk ratio. That's still second best of his career Um, You know, if he gets the home runs in check he can get right back down into the threes for his ERA So I understand that Mm -hmm. pick Uh, for me. It's gonna be um, I still love Julio Tehran. There's not really any sort of value there. So I'm actually going to say Alex Wood, and I've kind of come around on this guy. I thought he was going to be somebody who lost his gig last year and would get sent back to the bullpen because of those crazy mechanics. Doug calls Doug Thorburn calls him the Tasmanian Devil. I comped him to Ubaldo Jimenez <laughs> from the from the left side with his with his mechanics, but um, I was wrong. I, simply put, I was wrong, because even though he does have weird, crazy mechanics, he actually controls them. He can command the ball, and uh, he's got right. the pitches. He's got the stuff. Now, he's not under the radar by any stretch of the imagination. We're talking about the 24th guy off the board here, but if, if, if that's my second starter, I'm okay with it, so uh, I, I could I could definitely get behind it and then um, you already kind of trumped one of the, uh, you know jumped on one of the questions that i was going to have better rebound chance minor or miller obviously your pick is minor but can you speak on on miller with regards to how you feel about him do you think this is somebody who can kind of rebuild himself because he had that amazing 2013 and then just didn't have it last year
0: yeah i think he can, it's kind of weird to see him going below andrew miller who we don't know is going to close yeah, in in leagues, But he's going. Shelby's is the second Miller that's being taken right now. And that's uh to me is just a bit crazy. And right now his ADP, his average ADP is 222. And he's been going. He's just inside the two, top 250 um, for NFBC drafts. But that's guys stuff that I liked even going in the last year more so than Waka. And uh, it just didn't work for him last year. Maybe the change of scenery is going to help him skills wise. But let's uh, you know let's be honest it, that's any of these pitches we're talking about with this team it's gonna have to be ratios and yep. strikeouts because wins are gonna be really really tough they're to just not
1: at. gonna be there you know we made a joke about the offense but 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 real talk it's so bad it's not even that funny and I feel bad for Braves fans on some level because they're gonna have to watch this uh, I was thinking of one in particular uh, uh, my friend Darren who edits the starting pitching guide Braves die hard uh, he's gonna have to watch that team all year long and he has to live in Canada, where it's like negative a thousand every day. So that's just a tough go. Johnny Gomes is currently slated to bat fourth, not as a platoon either. Like, what, what, what <laughs> even is that? Like, that's impossible. You know, maybe
0: that's why they went out and got. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what they're doing here, to be honest with you, because you know, recently they signed Kelly Johnson as a non-roster invitation guy, and you're like, oh, maybe there's a platoon partner for him. Kelly Johnson's a reverse split guy. He has lefties better than righties. And then, so I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, even think to start the season, because Nick Marcakis won't be ready to go to start Mm-mm. the season. So who's going to hit leadoff for this? You. Team? Maybe maybe it's Kelly Johnson. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're just waiting for something to kind of open up uh, as far as rosters go and see what they can jump mm-hmm. on. But I, I don't even see a leadoff hitter here. And you're not going to – no, not Upton. I mean, Upton's better off if you put somebody on base in front of him and, and let him let him have at least that much of an advantage. But there's not a leadoff hitter on this team. Well,
1: it, it's, it's terrible. They, they should – and not for their leadoff situation, but they should have been trying to get Dian Vicieto for free at this point. I mean, th- there's no way that he wouldn't instantly become their best bench guy. I'm looking at roster resource. The bench guys are A.J. pierczynski yeah. Phil Goslin who's probably not even a real person. Never – I mean, that, that's not –
0: He's the, he's the toughy Gosewicz exactly. of the he's
1: Atlanta Braves. T- and, the, and what's funny is I literally didn't think Phil Goslin was real when I first saw him on MLB The Show last year. I was like, oh, that's a created player, whatever. And then I saw him. I, I <laughs> swear to God I thought he was fake. Kelly Johnson, Zoyle El and Yuri Perez. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. wow. It's not good. Um, and that leads into this. Freddie Freeman had 78 RBIs last year playing 162 games. And that was with much better players. What what what's he looking at this year for RBIs? The under. I mean, right has to be, and and at, at that point it really does. I don't know. I don't know what else you can do it. I mean, I don't.
0: There's no, there's not going to be an 80 RBI guy on this team. There can't be. Not with this, not with this lineup no, construction. No, I just
1: can't see it. And then more importantly, perhaps that that 93 run total that he had, that's going to crater too. So doesn't his value need to take a hit? I'm not hearing anybody talk about bumping him down a couple slots at one of the deepest positions on the diamond. I feel like I got to back off of him a bit. Love the average. There's some emerging power there, but those county numbers are going to be complete garbage.
0: He's being drafted in the top 40, and I, I have the same reservations about, you know, Wood is a top 100 overall player. Teron, I've, I've you know his uh, his ADP is 65, uh, and all I'm bumping all of these guys down because, again, they're going to have to excel at the ratios of strikeouts. And in Freeman's case, he's just going to have to hit the ball out of the park to score himself because even if he does get on base, who's going to drive exactly. him in? Exactly.
1: He's going to have to hit like 330. Uh, and he hit 322 years ago. He's going to have to kind of emulate that season with the 319 and 23 homers, but he ain't going to get 109 RBIs or 89 runs. So it, it's a.
0: Well, and for, all the, and for all the lineup protection walks, you insist that uh, that is a real, legitimate, valid thing. Maybe Atlanta's your case yep. this year because I don't know why anybody would throw Freddie Freeman no, a strike.
1: You, you can't. You're, you're right. Yeah, that, that could be the one that says, okay. If you want to talk lineup protection, if there's anybody out there who, who believes hardcore in lineup protection and then they still take Freddie Freeman, I'm going to have to call BS on that. Correct. All right, let's move on to something that isn't so grim. Uh, Miami, their, their ball club. Now they made a lot of moves. Uh, it might not necessarily be time to go to the World Series, but it's definitely not as grim as, as the Braves. Who do you like on the hitting side there at their current costs?
0: Uh, this probably comes as no shock to you, but Martín Prado uh, ADP is outside the 250s 250. at that's 253. And, and when you look at that lineup, you know in front of him you've got Gordon Yelich and Stanton. All three are top 100 players. The way they're in, uh, maybe even top 80. I believe that's where Yelich is going. So he's got that going around. He's got Morse. I could I could see Prado getting to that cleanup spot behind those guys if more struggles, well, and then you've got Ozuna as a top 140 guy especially too.
1: Especially because they've shown that they don't necessarily need to have a bopper in in the in the forehold. Didn't Casey McGee spend most of the year there last year? So yeah. they're open yeah. to having the kind of the the batting average guy. Uh, be in that spot there. They're not automatically going for a bopper. So yeah, I I like that. You actually trumped me on that. And I'm I'm okay with that because I like so many guys on this club. Marcelo Zuna is my guy. Uh, He's in, he's in the 138 right now 37th outfielder off the board. That's not necessarily some some great value uh, He's not like way underrated or anything like that and plenty of guys are saying hey um, They like him as, as a as kind of a breakout guy, but I just I really like him And I don't think his, his cost has been inflated. I am a little bit worried that it could be inflated by the time uh, Draft season really rolls around. We're talking March So maybe he goes out and just hits 180 for me in spring training and, and, and pushes some of those people off of him because I wouldn't care about him him hitting 180 in spring training, and then I'd be able to draft him. But right now, I'll still take him at that price. I'm just hoping it doesn't get overinflated. How about uh, the pitching side?
0: Um, Jack, Co- uh, Jack, Jack Cozart. Jared Cozart was really the guy that came to mind. I, I, I like when I've watched him pitch. I like. I know he doesn't strike out enough guys, but he should. He's got better stuff than that. I think. You know, when you look at the rest of it, Latos coming off his issues. We'll get to Alvarez in a minute. Dan Heron, you know, that we don't even know if he's going to throw a pitch for yeah. these guys. Uh, and if he does, we've seen how that works, you know, how he just fades off after that. Really, Kozart's a guy to me because I think the arm has some upside and, to uh,
1: it. Yeah, I, I, when you watch him pitch, if you look at the numbers, you're going to have one thing in mind. But then you watch him pitch, you're like, whoa, that's not what I would have thought from the numbers the guy has some really impressive stuff so i am surprised that he continues to have these uh, painfully awful strikeout rates Uh, but he does like to keep the ball down you know that ballpark is 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 nice so there, there's still some upside there. We're talking about a 25 year old. He was a blue chip prospect. I'm really hoping he can kind of take that step forward. I do like late on a bounce back, but my guy's going to be Steve Sishek. Um, I think this is a guy who, you know, doesn't get the credit that he deserves as, as kind of a beast closer. Obviously there's not going to be the trade rumors surrounding him, at least not to start the season because they're going to be a contending ball club coming out of the gate. And this is a guy now who's got 34 and 39 saves the last two years. He does miss tons of bats there's a lot to like with this guy. And in fact, last year he had a 317 ERA uh, and he was actually a run higher than his fit He deserved a better fate with a career best strikeout rate and strikeout to walk ratio at four, 4.0. So I like Steve Cishek if you don't get those studs and you, and you like to wait on kind of your closer um, Until those first what five or six are off the board depending on, on what, what you do for your first tier Then Cishek somebody that you go out and get and I really like him as the 11th closer as much as I love Trevor Rosenthal I don't know how you can possibly take Cishek over Rosenthal based on what we saw the, in the past uh 365 days right all right now let's get into some questions about this ball club best addition on offense gordon morse or prado i know you like prado there so you kind of trump that so maybe talk about the other two and how you feel about them
0: um, I I don't like Morrison. I didn't like him last year. I mean, he had a lot of success early on in the year and then that faded big off time. with Gordon. The the park could play well exactly. for him. I mean it's it's big to it's big to the gaps. And if he can slash slash and dash just get it to a gap, he could have said, you know, fifteen to seventeen triples this year. I don't even know what his triple total was last year, but I'm guess it's gonna I think it's gonna go up just based on the ball. That part. is
1: exactly That is the exact thing that I've been saying about him is that his power, you know, he doesn't really have power, but it could look a lot better. He had 12 last year. He could hit. The high teens. He might even push 20 in, in that ballpark. So uh, everyone's, you know, pretty down on the move uh, because of, because of what they paid. And I get that. You know, they paid they paid a tax with an Andrew Heaney, but uh, I don't think he's going to be a complete nothing for them, uh, fantasy wise. You know, because I don't really care uh, what he does for the Marlins specifically. I, I need him to just be fantasy wise, and he can still steal a ton of bases, hitting a ton of triples. I think there's runs to be scored there it's not a bad addition there obviously our favorite addition to the club is prado but it would definitely be gordon second if i if i'm ranking those three Excellent. next question uh you, you you mentioned this earlier how much of alva uh, henderson alvarez's season are you buying we're talking about a 265 era i think it was um a bunch of shutouts you know when, when he's on he can be great and he can you know Approach a Maddox, you know, which is a, a complete game shutout in 99 or fewer pitchers. Th- pitches. This guy can be really efficient and get the job done. He doesn't walk anybody, but I still feel that it's a little flimsy. I, I, I'm I'm reticent to buy in, and maybe that's just a bias on my part. How do you feel about him?
0: Well, w- when I look at him, I, I I can't help but think about Bartolo uh, Bartolo Colon. It's the same kind of guy. I mean, Colon strikes out a little more. But the same thing, he doesn't hurt himself with homers. He doesn't hurt himself with walks. Yes, he doesn't strike out enough guys, but he limits his own damage because he doesn't have the other things going on. And that's when you when you look at it and see, okay, where do these guys compare? That's, yeah, that's how I see these two. And I think he's a younger and safe version. There's no upside to him because strikeouts aren't coming from no. anywhere. That's really the thing with him. They're never going to come the way he pitches. But uh, – is there going to be some ERA regression? Sure. Starting pitchers can't strand 79% of their base runners in two consecutive seasons. Jeremy Hellickson, your, your elite relievers could. Yeah, Helixson tried did it, uh, it twice, and then he completely flopped off after that. But so there's going to be some regression there because he did strand too many guys, but he pounds the ground, doesn't give up the homers, doesn't give up the walks. So I think his, his numbers, are, you know, the ratio is repeatable as far as you know, his whip. And you know, the offense should be better around him, so the double-digit wins are repeatable. But I- I'm not looking for that that sub-three ERA. Mm-hmm. against Best
1: part year. though is you don't need to because nobody's there. There's no tax for last year, absolutely none. He's the 81st pitcher off the board, going at 300 mm-hmm. uh, in NFBC drafts. Normally, somebody who throws a 2.65 ERA for 187 innings, you'd at least think they'd go higher. And I know it's—I I love strikeouts as much as the next guy, and I've never been a huge fan of this guy. But when you start talking about values and, and and particular costs, this guy's cost is at a point where how can you say no? He can't kill your draft even even if he added two runs and had a terrible year, 4.65 ERA. He he wouldn't kill your season because of what he costs you. So yeah, I think I think right. it's comfortable that he could add you know upwards of a run and still be perfectly fine for what you're what you're trying to get out of him Uh, and there's still plenty of wiggle room there between those two numbers 265 and 365 to where uh, i'm getting i'm getting positive value from him so i i actually kind of like him at this point uh despite being a guy who i was never all that fond of previously now a guy that i'm sure we're both fond of at, at least watching him and, and when he is fully healthy but i i, I want to know how fond you are of him this year particularly at his obscene cost Jose Fernandez are you drafting him this year
0: nope not a chance. Mean, he's not going to come back till june uh, he's probably not going to be his, his close to himself till sometime in late july he's going ahead of Jose Quintana Homer Bailey you know two guys that i would take all day yes. long over him because a they're going to pitch a full McHugh season. and kaiko uh, but no i want yeah, what no part no part of him at top one he's not he's not a top 250 pitcher it, right it's now.
1: It's insane it is insane the price that some of y'all are paying for him. I I do not get it. He's the 51st starter off the board at 207 pick. That's, that's bananas. It's nuts. And, and the rosy picture that some folks are trying to paint, they hear June. They're like, Oh, he's got four months of Jose Fernandez, you know, the Jose Fernandez that we're used to. You're, you're nuts. Is this the first Tommy John that you've ever seen? Like what, what are some of these people smoking slash drinking that gets them to think that they're just going to get four months of 2.25 ERA and .97 WHIP, that's just not happening. So I'm I'm sorry, I cannot do it. He'll be on zero of my redraft teams, and he's already kept in any keeper league I'm in. So I just I won't have Jose Fernandez this year. Can't wait for him to get back. Can't wait for, Can't wait to watch him. But I I exactly. ain't paying that premium at all. All right, we'll talk about another guy similar to that uh, with a, le- a little bit rosier outlook, but still somebody who's being drafted very high with this club, New York Mets. Uh, we'll start the same way, though. Favorite hitter at cost for the New York Mets?
0: You know, I like Travis Darnell okay. uh, where he's at at 211. Uh, you have the power potential, you know, this is a guy that could hit you know upper teens maybe hit maybe get to 20 home runs where he's at uh, and he's going to hit down towards the bottom of the lineup but i like i like his potential where he is a catcher i mean he's going behind the likes of montero and ramos you know matt weeders is well ahead of him and i have some reservations about weeders you can get Darno 50 picks later than weeders i'd rather take my chance on Darno getting 20 bombs than. yeah Wieters. i would
1: too in fact um because i Darnold was one of the people I was going to ask you about. You know, I was going to say ask you if the breakout's coming, and it looks like you feel that there is at least a chance of kind of a full-season breakout. He, he looked good down the stretch last year, but 242 average, still not jumping off the page in anybody. So it, it's going to be kind of league-dependent. You're going to get in a league where somebody uh, loves the Travis Darnold and really jumps them, jumps them early. But in most of your leagues, I think he's still going to be in that range that you're talking about, going well after uh, those first couple tiers of catchers. He's the 12th guy off the uh, 12th. Catch off the board right now uh, very interested to see what he can do this was a former blue-chip prospect he's been traded twice uh, which some people always you know it's kind of that fine line when when a guy gets traded multiple times Sometimes people mm-hmm. pin it on him as a negative. I, I flip it right around the other way. He's that desirable that that people have given big packages for him two different times. And I did just say big packages, so you 12-year-olds have fun with that one. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going to surprise zero people. I'm going I'm to do it. Okay, Jason, I'm just going to do it. And I'm going to say Curtis Granderson because that's what everyone wants to hear. <laughs> okay, I'm going to do it. I name my – so yeah, okay, I'm going to do it. And I'm not just doing it for, for, the, for the lulls, as the kids would say. Uh, I'm doing it because I actually believe it. Uh, Curtis Granderson, the greatest human being alive, uh, the person who I named my dog after, back when he was a Tiger. I'm not a Mets fan. Sorry, guys. Um, 250th off the board, uh, 61st outfielder. Power is still very scarce in, in the majors, uh, last I checked. And he still did hit 20 homers, and he rebounded from an awful, awful, awful start I mean it was so unbelievable He was getting booed how do you boo the greatest human being alive like that, that's hard and yet they were two months into the season he was hitting below 200 even Carlos Santana thought he was a joke but he rebounded 241 the last two two months uh, or the last uh, four months. Excuse me 241. I know that's not great But we're in a different era uh, and hit 14 homers 330 on base that paces out to 23 homers over a full season I think you can get back into the into the mid-20s here this year and I'll take him as a, as a laid out fielder uh, Pretty easily. I've got no problems with that Well,
0: and they brought the fences in another 10 feet this exactly. season in right field. So that, yeah, I I, I I do like the selection I think there's some nice um, nice value with him there. But, yeah, that's the other thing that people kind of haven't talked about. The fences came in again.
1: And, and yeah, that's only going to help these guys like a Duda, like a Granderson. I want to ask you about a guy, and I didn't put this on the list, so I'm throwing you a little bit of a curveball here. How do you feel about Michael Kadir? Uh, they went out and got him right away. Everyone was surprised that he was even given a qualifying offer and then doubly surprised when the Mets went ahead and said, no, we'll pay a first for him. Um, I, I don't think it's the end of the world that they did it, but but h- how do you how do you feel?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, from a baseball perspective, I don't like the deal uh, for him at all. But the skills are super safe with this guy. I mean, the issue is going to be that how the, the, when you look at his numbers over the last couple of years, the cores factor and how everything inflated it um, with him. So if you kind of look back and say, you know, look back to what he did in 2011, 2012, and use that as your baseline, you'll be better off. But I think some of the, even some of the projections for him are a bit skewed because of, of what he did the last two years. Yeah,
1: I think some of the fantasy, uh, hate for him is kind of being influenced by the fact that they don't like it as a baseball move and we got to remove that sure it, it it might not have been the best baseball move to go out and, and give up your first round pick to sign him for two years because he's best buddies with david wright but like you said even before he got to coors the skills were pretty solid there R- age regressed them a little bit uh his minnesota numbers but beyond that and eh, i think there's some usefulness here uh let's talk about some of the some of the pitching Who's your favorite pitcher at cost on this club? There's a lot to choose from. A lot of very interesting names out there for this club.
0: There's I like Zach Wheeler at 149. Yeah, you know, he's the 56th pitcher off the board. He's going behind, you know, Garrett Richards was coming back from the big injury. Doug Fister, Mr. Ratios without the strikeouts. I like Wheeler a lot. The strikeout rate's already above league average. It's just a matter of getting that command down. And when you look at his first and half, second half splits, they were the same. So really didn't see much improvement there but he keeps the ball in the yard, doesn't hurt himself, but walks, gets the strikeouts. I think he's ready to make that next step. I
1: heart Wheeler. Uh, I really do. I, I think, I think this is a breakout potential guy as well. Somebody who you could really see take that next step and be kind of a stud. Um, so that was going to be my pick. So of course you, 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 definitely got me on that one, but that's, that's all right. There's so many good names on this club, you know, because we're going to talk about maybe the, the, the guy I would normally choose. I'm, I'm going to, Go ahead and pick somebody off the board a little bit, somebody that you did talk about earlier. Bartolo clone is still a value. He's, st- he's still a bargain because nobody wants to invest ever, and it's been this way since his resurgence, and yet as the 421st guy off the board, which coincidentally is his weight – so that's interesting when a guy can match <laughs> you know, his ADP with his weight um, – even last year, I know we had a 409 ERA, but it was really just a few implosions, one of which was in Coors, and if you were starting him there anyway, that's your own dumb fault. So, you know, I feel like you can kind of lift those out a little bit and say you shouldn't have even been using him for one of those, and you pull the Coors one out. He's already back below four for the ERA, and – You know, I still think there's usefulness here. He doesn't strike out a ton, like you said, but he is a perfectly useful streaming guy. Um, Somebody, again, that you can use in DFS on the cheap when he's got that favorable matchup. Um, I still like Bartolo Colon, but I normally would have picked this other guy. But I want to talk about him as kind of a central focus question here. Do you buy the Jacob deGrom breakout?
0: I do. I uh, mean, if you look at if you want to get as simple as looking at ERA and FIP, they're .02 points apart. That's good. Um, with it, you look at you look at his splits. He got better in the second half of the season than he did in the first half. Cut his walk rate in half. Really spiked his strikeout rate. Allowed two home runs in his final ten Gross. starts. So, yeah, it's it's sick to what he's able to do there. And it was a process change. I thought. Uh, uh, the article that we had that's up there on Fangrass from August Fagerstrom um, back in late September really did a nice job uh, of breaking down how he attacks batters and all that. But, yeah, I'm buying this. I mean, workload concerns, I don't know, because yeah, he threw 135 in 2013, uh, actually 147 and 177. So if please don't buy that garbage uh, for Ducci theory oh, yeah. stuff. So don't worry about it. But there's not terribly workload concern here. I, I, think, the sk- I think the skills are real. I
1: absolutely do, too. Uh, you know, I hate to just echo you here, but but when you're right, you're right. This is a guy who's who's got a deep quality arsenal. He doesn't have the 165 or 70 grade pitch that you say, wow, look at that. But all of his pitches generate whiffs regularly. All of his pitches can be commanded all around the zone to get weak contact or swings swings and misses. I mean, when you have a deep arsenal like that, Nobody can can kind of sit on something and guess on you. And I just was so impressed with how deep this guy was and how much command and control that he did have. The fastball has always been good. That's that's his best pitch still. Um, and, and it definitely carried him. There It was one of the best fastballs in the game when you're looking at OPS against and even strikeout rate. Most guys don't get a ton of strikeouts with their with their fastball. He had a 27 percent strikeout rate with his fastball. That's incredible. And then you mentioned the homers. Uh, he keeps the ball down. 45% ground ball rate. It's not a lead, but a 1 4 ground ball to fly ball ratio. There's just so much to like here. Everything was supported by, uh, by what he did with the skills. Like you mentioned, the fit. apart that's excellent even if you want to go xfip and and boost the homers up a little bit uh because he had a 6-1 homer to fly ball ratio you're still talking about a 303 for jacob Degrom. so i'm buying into this too i think this is a guy who is a stud and he would have been my pick in terms of uh best add value but i just wanted to kind of Centralize him and talk about him that way the 27th pitcher off the board I don't really have major issues with anybody going ahead of him But I think you can easily make the case that he should go ahead of The, the next five guys that are right in front of him and that would be Arietta, Iwakuma Alex wood James Shields and Tyson Ross I like all of those guys in their own right, but I think you can easily make the case that the ground belongs up there So the fact that you're getting him cheaper, that's awesome well, what about the fact that he's 30
0: 30 picks ahead of Matt
1: Harvey? That that, that that's insane. That's insane. and let's now let's
0: I mean he's am sorry the other I mean, way yeah. around Harvey's 30 picks ahead of DeGrom but you know again coming off the injury we don't know you know the risk factor but Harvey's being drafted like nothing ever that's, happened.
1: That's the thing. And that, I don't I don't get that. We're talking about we're putting him in and we being the fantasy community because I'm certainly not. He's a, the 16th pitcher off the board. Ahead of, uh, you know, Jeff Samarja, even Julio Tehran. I know that, you know, like you said, the wins are, are in question here. Even though you can't predict wins, sometimes you can predict when they're going to be problematic to, to acquire. In Atlanta, it's going to be Alex Cobb. You know, there's just so many guys here. And like you said, even his teammate Degrom. I love Matt Harvey. I love watching him pitch. Same, same as I said with Fernandez, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to invest at that obscene cost. I think you said it perfectly. He's being treated as if nothing really happened. And I've heard people cite Adam Wainwright as a, as a comeback guy, because he, he came right back and and threw a full season, but it wasn't a good season. He had a 394 ERA in his return with a 1-2-5 whip, that, that, a far cry from what Wainwright had been doing previously. The skills were intact. Uh, the strikeout and walk ratios were, were almost dead even to what he'd done in 2010 before his injury. But I just... Uh, there has to be some degradation here I don't think he's gonna get on track necessarily until at least at least mid-may there's gonna be bumps in the road and and what really killed Wainwright in that season what wasn't the fact that he he didn't look elite at times it was when he was off he was way off and he had those implosions where you're giving up six seven earned runs and a couple of those in your season and all of a sudden there's no chance for you to have a sub three era and that's basically what Harvey has to have to earn that cost he won't be on any of my clubs this year same here all right and then the last bit of news here or last uh, question for the Mets where are you on David Wright after last year's disaster
0: I'm on the I don't want to touch him he didn't have surgery and that's really the thing so we don't know whatever whatever was the issue mm-hmm. last year could still be could still be in what play best friends there, uh, you know his best friend, maybe yeah, maybe level uh, fix all there, but uh, no, I I'm, it's not something I want to I, I want to go after. Uh, when you look at when guys don't have surgery when they don't have surgery to fix injuries, that always concerns me. And right now he you know, he's still being drafted as a top 100 player, and I I don't want
1: that. Yeah, that I mean that's clearly based on name value, and it's like whoa, uh, you know I, I get the the career that he's had and it's been tremendous but last year was was such a drop off from what he'd done just in 2013 you know he only played 112 games in 2013 but he put up uh, an excellent season in that time with 18 homers 58 ribbies 17 steals and a 307 average last year he was at 8 8 uh, 8 and 8 playing what what is that 20 more games 22 more games it's just rough and like you said there was nothing there done to repair it he's just going with the with the rest and rehab and that just doesn't work and so you know uh, I, I can't imagine getting him on the club at the prices that, that is being asked of him he's still the ninth uh, third baseman off the board ahead of guys like and these aren't even guys that I necessarily love but like Ryan Zimmerman Pablo Sandoval Matt Carpenter our boy Prado you're talking about a hundred pick difference between Wright and Prado I will take that discount all day long
0: and his shoulder. I mean, this is a shoulder thing, and I, I know you and uh, you know talked about it with with uh, Hamilton too. But he, he's opting against surgery to repair ligament damage in his left shoulder, and, and that's problematic for power. That's your front shoulder. You think about right-handed guys that have had shoulder trouble that have had trouble hitting for power. We mentioned Upton earlier when he had his issues. If you can't do with that front shoulder, I don't care how much your backside, you're going to struggle to hit for power. And if that flares up again, he's done. A but. Uh, this is why if you maybe take if you set the over under at 16 for home runs with him, I'm going with the under. I
1: I, ha- I have to back that. I, I, I'm sorry, it's just I, I can't get behind that. If, if he was coming in with a clean bill of health, if he'd done the surgery, whatever, whatever the case, I'd be much more excited because I think this is a team that's kind of on the rise and there could be some uh, be some good stuff there because they did add a piece like a Cadier, a Darnot. It looks like he's you know uh, ready to take a step forward. I actually like Wilmer Flores a little bit too. So the offense. Is taking at least a mediocre step forward, uh, but with Wright kind of just anchoring it in the wrong way, where where an anchor is a bad thing here, just kind of holding them down, um, I'm worried about him, so I, I can't take him at these current prices. Let's shift over to Philly where uh, they're going to give Atlanta a run for their money in terms of humorous uh, offense here. And, again, I'm going to ban the clear best player because uh, we'd obviously both take Chase Utley at, at his current cost. So who are you taking in the non utley division at current prices? Jesus. I know. Oh, I, w- I would take wow. Jesus ahead Maybe. of him, too. <laughs> yeah,
0: I would take Jesus Flores. Uh, no, Um Carlos Ruiz, maybe if he's going to hit high in the lineup, uh, just as catcher because of the safe play uh, with the skills that he has. I, mean, I, I don't want any part of Ryan Howard. I don't want any part of of, of one of Mister May, Dominic Brown, whose one good. His stats are mainly fueled off one good month I, of May uh, two years ago. Sizemore is going to fall. I mean, this is a bad team. Maybe Cody Ashey just because of youth and upside. That's it. There's nothing else that I want to touch at the current price. You crisis. mentioned
1: Don Brown in, in, that, in that, that wonderful, wonderful May. I wrote the, the Philly comments for the Baseball Prospectus Annual. 37% of his home run total for his career came in that, in that one month. Like, that's insane when you think about it, because it's not like he's only played one year. I mean, this is a guy who now has 1544 plate appearances under his belt, and he had Mm 37 percent, more than a third, come in one singular month. So, yeah, that's rough. Um, I, I like your release choice there, batting up at the top of the lineup there. Again, like you said with Upton it's not a great lineup, but you're still talking about a guy who's going to be batting second, getting the plate appearances, volume matters, especially when you're talking about a crappy team, at least the volume is the one thing that can save you. And to that end, I'm going to say Ben Revere for my guy. I don't usually like these one note guys, these one note, uh, base dealers, especially because their, their cost is usually pretty high in his peak. Um, I didn't necessarily find one Pierre to be a much of a value. Now he only had a short peak where he was over overpriced. Then he became very underpriced. Uh, did one, right. Pierre, but Revere's in that small period where I think he's a little bit overpriced because I, I just I don't love the one-note guy uh, with pick 124 off the board, but if I have to pick somebody, at least he does hit some batting average too, so it's more of a two-note. I'll, I'll, I'll give him that, but um, I... All of a sudden, I listened to the Baseball HQ podcast with Ron Chandler, and he talked about how he combined Revere and Chris Carter, and, and it kind of gave him two diff- two Ian Desmonds. And, uh, you know, okay, if you're going to do something like that, then I can get behind it. But if if you're not doing anything to kind of counteract drafting a Revere like that and getting your, your, your solo power guy, then I don't like it. But if I have to pick somebody off of this anemic offense and it can't be Chase Utley, then I guess it's Ben Revere.
0: They should just keep the rebuild effort going and, and sell off Utley, but they're no. not. And Hamels, but they're not. No, they,
1: they really should. And speaking of, uh, well, let's talk about the pitchers, and then we'll have we'll, we'll we'll discuss their their potential two trade candidates in the starting rotation. Who is your favorite pitcher there?
0: Is there anybody but Giles to really discuss here? Uh,
1: no, because we you know we 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 know <laughs> about the two. The, the, the two potential studs or the one super stud and then the one potential stud if if Lee Lee returns but yeah it's Giles we we we're both gonna pick him because we're really excited about him Papelbon will get moved at some point it, it, hopefully before spring you jumped on on Giles um, in that uh, the aforementioned MLB.com draft that we're doing and I thought it was a great pick because that guy's gonna go what five rounds earlier than you took him once he's anointed with the closer role, very impressive stuff. took a big leap last year, but I think, I think he can hold it. And even, even if the walk rate does kind of come back a bit um, he can mask that in the bullpen, especially when you're fanning almost 40% of the batters you're facing.
0: I mean, harangue Buchanan Williams. This rotation's an ace and Hamels Lee. Whenever he comes back, and then three number five. Yeah, fives.
1: I will say, and and this is again within the context of like a a, a super deep NL uh, or just an obscenely deep mixed league. David Buchanan. Did show me some things when I did his, his profile for the starting pitching guide. I was a little bit impressed with what I saw there. It's not great stuff, but he does have the ground ball rate. Uh, there are, There are some decent things here. And th- this is another guy who is kind of like always working on his craft. He added the curveball in season. He continues to work on it. Not awesome stuff, like I said. But as late round NL only fodder, you could do worse personally.
0: I'm not watching the Phillies until they call up Ben Lively. Okay,
1: I, that, that's completely that's completely fair. Now
0: uh, UCF grant I,
1: I knew <sighs> why you said that actually, and that's that's uh, because I'm a nerd and that's how deep I get in. Plus, anytime I see UCF, I, I automatically um, oh, oh Colette loves that guy obviously. Um, <laughs> so and then you didn't really say anything on Revere. Do you draft those types, whether it be Revere or Revere types?
0: You know, in the past, I would say no, and even in the mock that you and I are both doing, I've yet to draft one of those guys, and I've looked at a couple of them. I've done more of the uh, the power speed combo uh, players, but in a time where powers become you know powers waning and speed is actually waning, guys that excel at that, especially at top of the lineup guys, I'll do a top. I don't want a bottom of the lineup speed dude, but you know, a guy like Revere up top, yeah, because even he's going to score runs, because even if he's not stealing bases he can still move from first to third on a single and then score on something else. So as long as they're at the top of the order in front of the run producers that can drive them in, that's good, but an NL guy, a speedster, is hitting eighth? No, because he's not going to see good pitches. And then if he's on base with two outs, it's going to be three because the NL has those stupid rules and won't let it won't let the DH come into play. Uh, so it's really and then is the leadoff guy going to drive him in? We don't know that kind of thing. So I, speedsters at the top of the order, yeah. Bottom of the lineup, speed guys in the National League. Nothing yeah, so.
1: I, I think that's fair. And then Revere, another guy, um, and he's already he's already a better hitter, but but in that same mold of like the Simmons and the Yadier Molina that I mentioned. His defense is is high quality enough that they don't take him out of the lineup, you know Like a Rajay Davis. He doesn't have good defense. So when he was trying to make his name Uh, he he couldn't solidify himself in the lineup because he didn't have great defense So he's in and out in and out but uh, a guy like revere patrolling center field They're gonna just leave him in there leave him at the top of the lineup and yeah I undersold him as a one note guy He's a two note guy he hit 306 last year and he should be able to hit it for another high average this year And even if he kind of jumps down back to kind of the 294 that he had two years ago uh in 2012 that's still very good but anything over 300 that's great with 40 plus stolen bases i can kind of get behind that now so I'm, I'm changing my tune a bit on this guy all right and then we're going to wrap up with the best we'd we the best for last not on purpose but because it was alphabetical order let's talk some washington Nats. and uh you can only pick one i know you probably want to pick five who is your favorite hitter at cost for this amazing ball club
0: it's it's insane how many guys they have in the top 200. So but you know, to go back to what we were just talking about, the Revere. I think that applies to Denard Span too. Or wait, I'm, should I say Denard Spawn? Is that the way we talk about it on the show? Um, so he's a one he's a 178. He, he's not even in a top 100. Uh, you know, he's the 107th hitter off the board. But we're looking at a guy who's going to hit in front of that insane lineup i mean he's gonna be hitting in front of Brendan and harper and zimmerman and desmond all that's in front of him all he has to do is get on base and he can he does a good job of that and he he does a great job of that so he's gonna fall in he's gonna fall into 90 runs in this and he should end up stealing 25 25 ish bases hit for a decent average and he's still going this low i think it's you know
1: Kind of criminal It really is I think this is uh, He's going to have His first 100 run season I believe uh, Previous highs 97 back in 2009 And then 94 last year Like you said He's going to fall into 90 And it, and if he And that's if he just does um, the, the 327 OBP That he had back in 2013 If he's up at that 355 clip That he had last year Then Denar Spahn Is going to Going to uh, Easily Easily eclipse 100 And could definitely be In the running For, for the runs lead Um 115 led the league last year I don't think that's out of the realm of possibilities for him. That's a great pick there Um, I I really like that for me um, It it, it is Ian Desmond. I, I think there's a case for him to be the, the top shortstop off the board. I understand Troy Tulowitzki is still alive, uh, but he's also still going to get hurt. Uh, that's almost a guarantee at this point. And Ian Desmond has three straight 2020 seasons. I know the batting average took a big hit last year, but again, we're in a different offensive era where you don't have to go crazy when it's a 255 batting average. And so give me three 2020 seasons for Desmond uh, in a row at shortstop i really love it i think there's a strong case for him to be uh back end first rounder in nfbc now you don't have to do that so so don't necessarily take him 15th because nobody's going to trump you there but if you did it i certainly wouldn't make fun of you i really like ian desmond
0: same i mean it was, i had a discussion i think i was talking with uh yeah on um uh, Thursday night, talking with our friend Joel Henner on his podcast, and he asked about uh, Desmond versus Tulowitzki. and I was like, "Man, I am t- not that I've ever owned Tulowitzki, but I, if I had, I'd be tired of getting burned by right? that dude and taking him." I said, "I'd, rather, I'd much rather have Desmond uh, at the you know the production going to be." What's the there.
1: quote about insanity? It's uh, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. I mean, listen, Bingo. I get, I I get the point that Tulowitzki can uh, give you the twenty plus homers. In his shortened season, he's done it each of the last two years, 21 last year in 91 games, 25, two years ago in 126. I get that, but I don't want to pay first round for that. Let me get Desmond in the second round, sometimes in the third round. And I've seen that happen in two different drafts. He went in the third round, both times to me. Um. I would rather take that, and then I don't have to worry about picking some shortstop off off the wire when Troy Tulowitzki inevitably gets hurt. So, yeah, I I really like him. Now, another one that is just filled with choices. Who is your favorite pitcher at cost on this amazing, amazing team?
0: Um, I don't want anything to do with the starting pitchers because we all know where they are, and none of that's going to come in value. And uh, it's really tough to— Take You look at the bullpen and stud. I, I like Aaron Barrett because uh, he's got the fastball and he's got the slider comp. He pick up some, picks up some strikeouts. If he gets a little bit more command, possibly there's some more high leverage situation there for him. But in the NL only league, that's the kind of guy that I'd like to have my bullpen uh, on, on the bench. Because the rest of these guys, you know what Storen can do. Jansen, risky. Uh, but the starting pitchers, they're all there. I think all five are going in the top 125 overall. That's true.
1: Although I will still pick one because I think one of them is underrated and it is Gio Gonzalez. Um,
0: yeah, you do I like I don't Gio. think
1: that he's being valued properly. He, he's he's a uh, well behind the other three studs: Strasburg, Scherzer, and Zimmerman. And I don't think he should be that far away from them. He's 29th starter off the board, 123rd pick. Uh, oh, Fister is out of the 125, but he's in the top 150. Um, because I think you mentioned that all five were in the. The fact that all five are yeah, in the I top 150 were. is still ridiculous. Uh, but again, it's not that the guys ahead of Gio are wow. How could you possibly take them? It's the fact that you could easily make a case to put him as high as 18th, which is where Tehran is going, and and Gonzalez is all the way down at 29th as far as pitchers go, and all those pitchers in between are quality pitchers. But I think Gonzalez is being a bit underrated. Again, relatively speaking here, we're we're talking in the realm of of high quality arms, but all he's ever done is continue to miss bats, miss bats, miss bats, put up good ERAs. He had a few blowups last year that inflated his ERA a bit up to 357, but the 302 FIP is still there. I really like Gio Gonzalez. I hear you on the other guys. You're paying stud prices. There's no value. Obviously, they're still awesome, and I, I would still draft any one of the three um, if I was ready to take my ace at that point. But I think Gonzalez is actually somebody where you can get a tick of actually bonus value, to be honest.
0: Well, I mean, he's going. Uh, you know, you look at him, and he's going uh, two full rounds behind Sonny Gray, and I would reverse that order exactly. uh, in, in my capacity. And then the one thing that comes to mind since we'll we'll do the the the, the cheap lefty to lefty comparison. Just because that's always fun is he's going five rounds behind John Lester and line up their skills and line up their skills last year. So this is this is John Lester's slash line last year: 236, 281, 354. This is Gio Gonzalez: 230, 299, 348. Strikeout rate within a tenth of a point of one another. Geo has the higher walk rate. I'll give sure. him that. But is that enough to give a five round difference between these guys on a team that looks like it's gonna be a hundred maybe a hundred plus win team on paper in a bad division versus a Cubs team who like everybody has them going yeah, to it's all World Series projection. this year? It's all projections. We look at that Nationals team, and again, we talked about Denard Span falling into 90 runs. That team's gonna fall into 90 wins with the Phillies and the Braves in that division. Alone
1: absolutely. Yeah, no that, that that's a great one And and so now you're talking about Lester as the 13th starter off the board. You can have him. I like Lester He's very good, but I would just much rather wait and take Gio Gonzalez there as the 29th guy off the board uh, So that that's where you can find some value by the way I like I like your call on Aaron Barrett there because Drew Storn. He's not locked down automatic I mean and I know Casey Jansen's there So he'd probably get a shot but all of a sudden you're looking at somebody to maybe fill that Tyler Clippard role Barrett could be there, and he had a ton of strikeouts. Now, don't make him do any intentional walks. He was the guy in the playoffs who threw it to the backstop, I I believe. Is that correct? Um, Wasn't it twice that he he did that? So maybe – I believe Maybe be so. careful there if he needs to do any IBBs, but uh, beyond that you talk about a guy who's who fanned 11 per nine in his 41 innings 27 year old uh, could be really interesting. So I thought that was a nice sneak pick there uh, we, we didn't we're not giving anybody too many under-the-radar names when I'm saying Gio Gonzalez So for you to come with Barrett that that's pretty nice. Now. Let's ask a few questions about this club um, My answer is a resounding yes I think everybody already knows that but I want to ask you is Anthony Rendon uh, a first-rounder for you and I'm talking 12 teamer or higher? Yes, I I I think it's I I I, the one thing with this guy, it's never been about talent ever. It's always (laughs) been about health, and I understand that the health record's still a bit dodgy, but I don't understand how you can sit there and tell me that you're going to take Troy to yet you're nervous about, uh, Anthony Rendon. At least he has a full season. He played 153 games last year and he's a beast. And so I'm sorry. I just like, when you get to the back end of that first round, there's just a, a big cluster of similar guys. I'm going to take the guy who not only has one good position, he has two good positions, third base and second base. Neither is as thin as shortstop, but they're both, you know, uh, Thinner spots on the infield there. I, I, I love this guy, and I think there's nothing but uh, uh, high quality for him as long as he stays healthy. And I know that's a big if, but in a 12 teamer, I can still replace him if the worst case scenario does hit.
0: Yes, I completely agree. I mean, even even if you're like in a 15, he's definitely he's got to be there. I've made the case. I wrote a piece of rotowire a couple of weeks ago, and I had I had Rendon in my top 10.
1: Oh, see, that's awesome. Because i was going to ask you that was the next question what about 10 team or could you squeeze him in there um I, I i just i love this guy and talking about 20 home 21 homers 17 steals the the counting numbers could really go up and he already had 111 runs last year it's just there's just so much talent for this guy he could have been a 1-1 pick if it wasn't for the injuries the nats stole him at 6 I, I don't know what's what's not to like about this guy. I'd rather bet on health than uh, the progression of skills. The skills are already in place. I just need the health to stick. Uh, let's ask this question for the 57th year in a row. Is this the year for Bryce Harper?
0: No, no, no. The, the year for Bryce Harper is going to be 2020 when he finally turns 27. Uh, that'll be his year. But until then, we just man. have to wait for him to hit his peak. We just have to wait for him to hit okay. his peak. Uh, yeah, that, that's his, uh, in, in all seriousness, it should be when you look again, we, we go around and look at what's going to happen. You know, when you look at that lineup in front of how everything's going to pan out for him with span and red in front of him. Yeah, you know, those two guys, they're going to be on base a ton. The best lineup protection any hitter can have is somebody on base in front of him. Cause the stats will show you that pitchers pitch worse out of the stretch than they do out of the right. windup. That's to me, that's, that's going to be all Harper's got to do is stay Just healthy.
1: Please stay healthy, bro. Um, well, we have the third pick in the labor draft, so I can't take him with our first-round pick this year when you're not around, which I did last year. <laughs> and we still finished third, folks, and we were still writing contention all year. Because so we had Rendon on our
0: team last year, that's too. That's right.
1: And so, listen... Uh, I, I won't take him at three. I promise. I know you can't be there for the draft. We've already. Are oh, you taking Corey Kluber at three. I already um, know that. That's obvious. And then Curtis Granderson in the second round and we'll just have our club set. It'll be it'll be pretty good. Uh, no, I obviously I, I do agree with you uh, on Harper here. And listen, folks, for those of you that are looking for massive disagreement uh, on this particular show on Sundays, it's going to be hard to come by because Jason and I first off, Jason got me into the stats revolution. He he is my mentor as far as next level fantasy baseball goes. So there's just not going to be a ton of disagreement until we start.
0: And how did Todd, how did Todd Zola describe us earlier this week? Inseparable. Yeah. I
1: mean, it, it is. Yeah. So and we're, we're, we're the towers of power. So uh, I'm sorry.
0: Although he's not talking to me anymore since I took Drew is, Smiley in, in, a, in a mock draft that we don't in, play in out. A I'm fake apparently on his no-talking draft. list.
1: Mock, and by fake, I mean, yeah, like you said, not playing it out, he is pissed at you. And you know what? <laughs> I support it because Drew Smiley is a beast. So uh, I, I completely understand. That, that's a guy who, you know, I know we're not talking AL East right now, but that's a guy who's, who's going at a really nice cost right now, and he's going to be a stud. Um, but let's stick here with the Nats. We've got a couple more questions better Nats ace for you Stras, uh, Strasburg or, or Max Scherzer they're they're right neck and neck going with each other five and six as far as pitchers 28 and, and 29 picks off the board with Strasburg gaining the edge how do you feel about these two and, and who, who would you prefer and I know you're not you said you're not going to necessarily go for them because they're they're at cost but who would you go if I if I made you pick one
0: Scherzer, I mean, when you look at how disgusting his numbers were last year and now he gets to face pitchers, it, it really isn't if, fair. We,
1: you know what's uh, craziest so, about that is um, n- for whatever reason last year, and I know I know, you got to kind of do the, the, the pitcher versus DH comparison, but for whatever reason, nine hitters crushed him last year. There was like a 445 BABIP, and he still had the year that he had. Now he's going to face loser pitchers at bat. It could be trouble. I don't think he's necessarily going to get some 35 strikeout boosts. But he doesn't no, I don't have either. to. He's going to be a stud. It's going to be ridiculous.
0: But I'm actually no. It should be fun. And the dur and the durability's there. I mean, he's pretty much you know with Strasburg, we don't know, you know, we've seen some things with him. But with Scherzer, it, it's sick what he was able to do last year, the year before uh, coming over to National League. I'm looking forward to watching uh, watching him shove some baseballs down down uh, some hitters' throats back to back. Two hundred, you know, fourteen plus ending seasons, the strikeout rates. Nothing really shows. I don't see anything in his last four years of work that gives me any pause. Exactly.
1: There's nothing not to like. And at least with Strasbourg, you can kind of make the kid. Now, I love Strasbourg, and I actually. I don't, I don't I don't know yet who, who's gonna be higher on, on the list They're so close just like they are in the in those adps that I mentioned. So it's really tight for me But I, I agree with what you're saying with regards to Scherzer What can you really poke a hole in with Strasburg? You can at least poke some holes in the fact that we only have the one 200 inning season Uh, you know, we, we, we still haven't just seen that that unquestioned ace sub three era season yet Scherzer we have I don't necessarily think you can go wrong. By the way, I, I, I don't pay attention to too much of this because I don't even know really what it is, but the, the fan Elo on, um on baseball reference, are you familiar with that, where it kind of ranks the players?
0: Uh, I'm not, i saw something the other day and I didn't it, kind of look into it. So I said, oh, that's right weird.
1: above the, the stats and it's just kind of how they rank over. I don't know what it is. I've never voted, but I, I laugh when I saw this one Cur- currently uh, Strasburg, his all-time rank is 678th. Guess who he's ahead of? Just guess. Scherzer Clay Buckles. Ah, my boyfriend. How is he only one slot ahead of that clown.
0: Cause all you haters gonna hate
1: hate hate. I heard you hating on him on I was Thursday. Him. I heard I was it. I killing him. Couldn't could, could... Colette's the only one who likes Colette that guy. Is the only one who likes that guy. I stand by that quote. Cletus the slack jawed yokel. <laughs> that guy. I swear. Uh, okay. So I'm actually uh, man. I I I'm not. I can't make a pick here yet. Strasbourg Max. It's so it's such a toss up. I'll say Strasbourg just so we have a disagreement. Um, does Jordan Zimmerman belong on their level or is he just a cut below?
0: You know, Jordan Zimmerman is going behind John Lester, and he's going behind Adam Wainwright with his issues Adam right Wainwright. now. This makes this is insanity. The prices to
1: me. that people are paying for Adam Wainwright have freaking fun with that. Um. So so then, I think you're kind of answering this, but Jordan Zimmerman can front a rotation, a fantasy rotation for you. Oh okay. yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. I- you know, absolutely. I know. Uh, you talked about he likes drafting two number twos as his guys. Uh, when I was listening on, I had a long drive back and forth to Myrtle Beach on on Friday. So I listened to it yesterday and he was talking about he likes going for two twos and he said he had Gray and and Cobb as his two guys. I think Zerum is a perfect thing for that because again, this team is going to win a ton of games Uh, and he's going to fall. I mean, you're looking at we're never going to see a rotation with uh, with four 20-game winners again, just because of the way baseball's played exactly. these days. But we may have we may have four 15-game winners, and we may have five 15-game winners in this it's rotation. It's so
1: gross. It it really is. I, I love Zimmerman. You know, something like a Zimmerman Cobb. If if you miss out on that on that first rush of pitchers. That, that is so sexy to me. I, I think it's, it's so awesome if you had something like that. So yeah, I'm really high on Zimmerman. If I, if I miss out on one of the, the, the super aces, then I'll take just the ACE ACE, you know, it, it's so gross. It really is. And then uh, last question we kind of hit on a little bit earlier, but does Drew Storin hold that lead, uh, hold that job all year.
0: You know, going, in, going into last year, the skills were definitely there for him to do that. And if you look at last year, the first and second half splits, he got better in the second half. I think one of the things that's impressive when, you, uh, when you're looking to see what he had done is, you know, he keeps the ball in the yard. So the skills are there for him to do what he needs to do uh, for the most part. But they're not overwhelming. Like, Oh, my God, we must keep this guy in this mm-hmm. role. I mean, he did well overall last year. But, you know, He's been there for a while. He's had the skills for a while and you know he finally had the oppor- some opportunity last year so no I I'd be hedging my bets a little bit if I were uh, if I were having to take Yeah him.
1: and you know with Clippard gone it, it, it removes the automatic replacement, but that's where guys like, the, you know, the guy that you mentioned, Aaron Barrett, comes into play. Casey Jansen, if he's healthy, he's shown he can kind of do the job. Uh, so that's interesting. I, I didn't put these questions down, but I don't think they're major curveballs to throw at you. How are you valuing uh, a Jason Worth, who's got the the arthros- arthroscopic shoulder surgery and the prison sentence to deal with? Uh- <laughs> By the way, that that's obviously a joke. He has what five days that he's doing um, spread out over a couple.
0: It's a hard knock yeah, life. Yeah, a bunch yes. of
1: weekends. I think he's doing two, two, and one or something like that. So that was for some reckless driving. But at least he got in some actual trouble. I mean that 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 does speak something for whatever jurisdiction that was that actually punished him and didn't just fine him, say take some time out of your life and go to prison. Uh, I'm sure it'll be a, a jail cell that has like a TV and and food and everything.
0: Go look up uh, Al Capone's jail cell uh, that he had when he was – there's a Google image of it. I saw it. It was like in some cave, and it had TV and and sweet furniture. So you have to take a look at that. uh, Oh, my god.
1: That's amazing. That's better than my apartment. (laughs) <laughs> that's fantastic i want to oh yeah hopefully worth gets that uh, so how, how are you valuing him obviously um it, it puts it puts into doubt him it puts him into doubt a little bit but by the way i'm still looking at that lineup and it's still so gross even without him the fact that they're going to add a jason worth is just absurd but how do you feel about him now that uh i think is is the opening day in doubt or is he just going to miss spring training
0: yeah, I I think it's more the uh, the latter. But here, my issue with him is I'll go back to the same thing that I said with uh, right w- with right. It's still a yeah. shoulder, and even coming off of shoulder surgery uh, is not something that is all that is a uh, honky dory with everything <laughs> either. I think one more note I wanted to make with uh, with Storen is as far as you know, can he hold that job all year? One of the things I think you have to look at is how many pitches. Um, that a guy throws. And even with closers, you think most of the time it's come in, you know, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Uh, one, two, three, you would hope. But with with Storm, even in all the roles that he's pitched, his pitch count overall has been low. And, and you have to look at it. His pitch counts uh, last year, 807. The season before, 955. Uh, his highest in any one season is 1,100. Last year, there were 13 closers that threw at least 1,000 pitches. Oh, wow. So you know, we're looking at a... a a potential. So if he was 807 last year and gets to what that's a 20% increase in workload within a season. So that's, if you're looking for a reason to why I'm kind of eh uh, on, uh, on storing and holding that job all year, there's a workload increase that's going to come here. That I mean, Rosenthal Rosenthal was 1263, C-Sheck 1142, Allen 1139. I went with guys with at least 20 saves last year. Roddy 1138. Um, Greg Holland was at 1002. He was the lowest because on was that. that was the 13th guy on the list. And Soriano was 1,008 last year as the Nationals' closer.
1: That's next-level stuff. I I love that. I I had not even considered that. I really, really love that. And it only furthers the fact that I'm a little bit nervous about him. Now, there is a guy who isn't necessarily – he's not listed on roster resource. They don't have him on the 25-man just yet. He's in the minors. His name's Blake Trinan, and he's a guy I know that Eno likes – um, he, he's been kind of a, a hybrid guy starting and relieving. He's done both in the major league level. I think he's a guy who kind of joins Aaron Barrett, um, and, and, actually even deeper because he's not on the club just yet as somebody who you could do that $1 in an NL only. And that might be a guy who, who kind of rises up. He's got the stuff to miss a bunch of bats. We haven't seen a lot of it yet in, in play, but he has some, some high quality stuff and he's been mostly a starter. I think as a full-time reliever that could be really impressive and that there's another guy who could rise up and take that job do you, do you have any thoughts on Trinan?
0: um i don't uh you, you'll do he was a guy that was with the uh the a's Correct. i forgot the deal that he came over with the nationals it,
1: uh, the uh AJ that Cole was one and then uh with
0: Possibly. Would that have been the
1: geo one at that point i don't know i'm trying to think or no, it would it would have been the 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 second AJ Cole deal when they got Cole back. I think that was the one. Um, not that anybody cares about it, but yeah, he is from Oakland. You're you're correct on that.
0: So uh, you know, there's actually been two articles here recently on him. Uh, Kylie graded him as a future value 45 guy, and Jeff Zimmerman had an article that went up uh, yesterday um, on him, and quick hooks. he's got some information like what? Do, yeah, he had a thing on the quick hooks um has got some video for it and talks about his slider change of work in progress so it sounds like another one of these you know sinker slider throw hard with a breaking ball i have no change up um kind of thing so yeah these are the these are the kind of arms relievers should be picking up for Teams should be picking up a, they're as, as, as they're a dime a dozen, but keep them around because these guys that can come in and just fire it and, and work with that sinker-slider approach tend to work yeah. out well. So in a deeper – and all league it yeah, sure. Yeah,
1: it's got, it's got to be a deep league because this guy hasn't even made the club yet. Now if he makes the club all of a sudden, now a deeper mix, I'm, I'm putting him as a $1 or a reserve guy just in case particularly if you didn't go hard on on closers you know maybe you went bargain hunting in the draft uh and you don't have a a a bevy of a high or one of the high quality ones last question here another one that again didn't put on the sheet but don't think was going to throw you too far off Tanner Roark, what are you doing with this guy? Because all he did was go out and be amazing, throw a 285 ERA for almost 200 innings, and now he's a long reliever, which I understand, and I think he understands too if he's really honest with himself. But how are you valuing this guy? What kind of league do you take him in? Because I just, what, what, what's he, what's he going to do this year? And obviously, if an injury strikes, he jumps right in. But let's assume that these guys stay healthy and there's no starting uh, role for him.
0: Put him in a Tyler Clippard role. I mean, he may get a bump in strikeouts from pitching in long relief rather than having to conserve himself across a longer thing. So let him go there and and, and pitch in that capacity. Maybe he gets a bump. You know, right now his strikeout rate's below league average for a starting pitcher, but we've seen what other guys happen when they move to the bullpen. I mean, he's got all the other skills – doesn't walk anybody doesn't allow any home runs. Uh, if you can bump them up the strikeouts, that makes them valuable. Uh, I, you can't touch him in a mixed league until something opens up in a rotation for him. Yeah. You just can't carry this kind of guy, but in an NL league, there's definitely some value yeah, there,
1: there. There is because it, it'll be cheap and he only has 23 innings as a reliever in the majors, but a buck 19 ERA, a point 93 whip and he bumped the strikeout rate up to 22%. I think that could take another boost. Like you said, um, so Tanner Roark, uh, Limited leagues that you can really invest in him, but still a talent there. Oh, and then one more. I'm sorry, I keep adding questions, but the worth replacement, Michael Taylor. How do you feel about that guy? I know he's a prospect. I don't know a ton about him, so if you don't either, we can move on. But I just want. No, I like the guy okay. a lot.
0: I, that guy's he's got he's got some skills. It kind of reminds me. Uh, you know, when you guys were talking about uh, Souza the other mm-hmm. day, you know, there's a reason why he had to get traded because they had nowhere to play this guy. Because when you looked at uh, the the outfield of Worth and, and Denard Spahn and uh, Harper, uh, Harper, you know, that rotate, you're like, OK, where, do we, where can we play this guy? We've got nowhere to play him. And I think that's kind of what's going to happen with Taylor right now, yeah. too, until something frees up. This kid's good. I mean, he's ranked high prospect wise. And everything but it's where are you gonna play him
1: yeah that that, there's nowhere to put it like he looks like a power speed kind of guy Uh, is is isn't elite at either of them in terms of uh, quantity of numbers you know not gonna give you like a 45 steals uh, or even a 25 homer but closer to that you know low high teens homers and 25 actually never mind he had a 54 steal season here I didn't realize the speed was that elite holy cow
0: he needs some time. He needs some time to work on his contact. That's the yeah. issue. I mean, his strikeout rate has been below league average for the minor leagues, and then up when he got his at bats last year. He struck out a ton there too, at uh, the major league level. So he just needs a he it's good that he's going to get this time in triple a so i, mean, I know if it, it frustrates you as a fantasy player like damn get my guy yeah. up i want him to play and he's going to turn 24 here at the end of march so he's going to be 24 playing in triple a there are worse sins in life exactly. than this but you know it would be better off if this guy you know came up in the second half of the season somewhere if somebody gets hurt he'll be he'll be more prepared than if something were to happen right now he's only going to be just a tiny bit um for worth but if something happens or next year i don't know what uh denard's contract situation is like uh but this is if for some reason the nationals need something happens they need to push themselves over the hump and make a trade this is the guy that they're going to have to give uh if they need a huge piece of something
1: done after Uh, this year so there there you there you go there you go there's your shot uh okay well that's gonna that's gonna wrap it up uh jason i know that obviously you have your day job now but you're still doing some writing what have you got coming up at, at the various outlets that you still contribute to
0: uh, I'm doing, I have a piece, uh, I wrote a wire that I'm talking about guys that I feel are being overdrafted and underdrafted at each position. So I'm going, I'm breaking that down and doing that. If you haven't heard enough of my voice today, I did podcast appearances, uh, with, uh, Chris McBride over at, uh, dear Mr. Fantasy. Yep. I did it with uh, Joel Hennard on his podcast. I did a Blue Jays podcast the other nice. day talking about raised baseball. So lots of talking, but, uh, that's really where things are at this week. I have to head off to Pennsylvania. I got to spend a few days up there uh, for a conference, nice and cold weather. And uh, that's now, it. Now,
1: um, when is that piece that you mentioned going to go live so I can use that to not draft the, the, the downside guys and to look at the upside guys for our labor draft on Tuesday?
0: It should yeah it should go live uh, should go live tomorrow Perfect. they're usually pretty quick at turning around but it should be up by Monday plenty of time and us and everybody as so you're listening to this you know who we're gonna pick third as long as that stinking Canadian Fred Zinke doesn't pass on uh, Andrew McCutcheon, we're gonna take Giancarlo Correct. Stanton with the third overall Correct. pick and
1: and and if he if, not, not Corey if he Klute. does take Stanton then we will just take McCutcheon. so we're 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 set there we're we're gonna we're gonna play the chalk and I have zero problems with that one of those two outfielders you can't go wrong obviously they offer a little bit different things but they're both amazing i am hoping for stan uh, for for stanton um but yeah if zinky sees that we're both back on a podcast he might be apt to listen to it so maybe i'll get this blocked in canada so he can't listen
0: yeah it'd be really easy to block just talk to the mlb.com folks they seem to be able to block uh, anything streaming tv up there so try that okay no, it's okay. I, I can't see him. Pat. If he passes on McCutcheon, it's like, oh, yeah. darn. I have to take this no, we, guy? We, really? we can't
1: lose at the, at the three spot uh, with, with our first pick. Um, I, I, is it Jeff Erickson who's got Trout at, at the one hole?
0: He does. Just like in the mock draft,
1: Jeff's picking first overall. Man, oh, we're going to get snaked so hard between Zinke and, and Erickson, those four picks between. Who's on the other side of us? I forgot
0: who's on the I, other side. I don't side. remember
1: either, but that is. Oh. That's gonna be brutal. Yeah, going to Erickson was with us at the bottom last year, snaking the hell out of us too. Oh man.
0: Yes, he definitely was. And that that let's see who's let's see who's gonna be around us. So we have to worry about Fred in front of us, and we have to worry about um, a boot. A boot. Uh, a boot. Well, do so we have to worry about? Yeah.
1: Where where did you where do you where are you finding the draft? I I, I remember when Steve.
0: The mix of Steve posted an article the okay. other day uh, that has the draft order. And because uh, I linked to it in my RotoWire piece, that's why I was um, remembering it. And man, my internet's slow today. Uh, Cannot wait till Google Fiber comes oh, here.
1: We have it in Austin, it, it's like being rolled out in different. Uh, in different segments of the city. I, I literally can't wait. And I'm moving at the end of the month, moving in with the girlfriend. I think we're moving south and they're starting with it at in in the south area. So I'm really hoping that that we've got it. Uh by the way, Rudy Gamble is right after us.
0: Yes. Yes, he is. That's really going to oh, suck. Uh, Cuz Rudy tends to be on the same brain as we are too. That
1: that that's going to be dangerous. That oh man. Oh, well. I mean, the, ho- the whole crew, our-, our very own Mike Podhorser's in there. Corey Schwartz, a guy that uh, we are in lockstep with often. Baseball HQ has a representative. Ray Murphy, obviously. We don't veer too far from them. We we read all their stuff. Todd Zola, you mentioned. But at least Todd Zola's far away from us, so we would have never had a chance. We can just tell ourselves that, that we would have never had a chance at his picks anyway because he's, what, 12 picks away from us. So we don't have to worry so much about that. But I, I know Erickson and Zinke are going to kill us with uh, – the. Snake and they Pigs. They are. All right, then, Jason. Well, we will be back in a week uh, to talk even more and break down another division. So happy together.